0: His Love Christian Fellowship is excited to share this podcast with you. We hope you enjoy this message. It, oh, I'm sorry. It might happen. Okay. So, my sermon today is about identity and how the Lord's been working with me lately and from more like a testimony, so... It goes back to about four years ago, just before we went to California. I was really struggling with self-worth and really feeling I didn't matter. Obviously, I know these are lies now, but at the time, they really, really looked and felt so real. I felt like I had been overlooked because I didn't believe I could feel the Lord. When in reality, I did and it looked like everyone else had a much closer relationship with him and knew what they were doing (laughs) so i got some prayer and in california it was really good we got to talk about a lot of stuff i was still feeling while we were there that I needed something to fulfill me, to complete my identity. But I got a word while we were um, at the call at the call, and it addressed a lot of the feelings I'd had. I got more prayer. <laughs> and honestly, things finally started looking up. I'd finally seen my worth. I was actually connecting to and understanding what I was feeling, and it was awesome. When we went to Bulgaria and Rome, uh, Bulgaria specifically, I'd been feeling overwhelmed with the same feeling of insignificance and self-hatred. I got a word telling me these thoughts weren't from the Lord. And then Teresa and Mariah prayed for me. I was feeling the hearts of the people around me. She said, Teresa said, that the gypsies had been rejected their whole lives and God was giving them me the heart to pray for them. I was given words that were of encouragement. The enemy is afraid of this gift and does not sorry, and he's afraid of this gift and doesn't want to see God's people see who they really are because he is afraid of who we tr- our true identity. So I have felt that and been told that I have gifts to minister to those who feel rejected and significant and to show them authority through their identity, like in 2 Corinthians 103 through 5, in the Passion Translation. Mm. For although we live in the natural realm, we don't wage a military campaign employing human weapons, using manipulation to achieve these aims instead. Our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle the defenses behind which people hide. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture, like prisoners of war, every thought that isn't that, that, sorry, every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. We have been reading Wendy Backlund's Victorious Emotions, and it has really spoke to me. All of heaven's excitement is, sorry, all of heaven is excited as the record of who you are is written in your book. And that really um, spoke to me. Like, heaven's excited of who you are becoming, and to know that you are becoming the person that God has created you to be. I felt like um, when I read that, that yes, I know that we have a book in heaven, but as we are coming into our identity, it's like the book is literally given to you. He's like signing your name in the book as like an ownership. He's like, this is yours. This is what I've written for you. Take it and live this. And I felt like he's been highlighting key points to me and saying, this is who you are. These keys are of identifying... Sorry, my handwriting is horrible. Uh, These keys of identifying are weapons that have been meticulously fashioned to fit your specific journey and battles back to the Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 10:3 through5. It's all about how he's fashioned these weapons and taking these lies captive to the obedience of him. I know this has been told a few times now, but I really like it and um, Genesis 1:26, then God said, "Let us make humankind in our image in our likeness of ourselves, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the animals, and over all of the earth, and over every crawling creature that crawls on the earth. And that's in the Jewish Bible. And so I saw a beautiful picture, painting of of how God sees us, how he made us. But when you pick up out the things about yourself, you're pointing out the non-existent flaws in, the, in this beautiful work of art. And literally, what Genesis one twenty six is saying is that if you tear yourself apart, you are really tearing apart God and His image. Lately, I've been feeling again of not being able, enough, the feelings of insignificance, have been trying to sneak back in, and I have recognized a lot of them but i can but it can still make me feel like i shouldn't worship the way i want, have been called to god has been putting in me desire to dance but these feelings of who do you think you are why would he want you what is that supposed to be these are things that are holding my heart back And sometimes it's hard not to listen to the lies that are being spoken. But I have had promises given to me from complete strangers that I am going to dance in the spirit and break down the barriers, the walls, the strongholds. As we use the gifts he has given us, things break. The mountains that we have seen that are... That the enemy has constructed to keep us from our destinies. Identities. Callings. Will shrink beneath us. God has given us the tools. (laughs) And it's. I find with youth camp. I didn't write any of this down because this was afterwards. But. I really had to cry out to the Lord. How do you see me? I'm sorry I felt this way. I gave everything to him. I kept... Friday night when we were at worship, it was... I... Sorry, I'm emotional. Friday night, I was feeling detached. I couldn't get into worship. I couldn't... It was like... I was just... Back there, I wanted to, like, I felt like, oh, I can be in the back so I can dance around. And then it was like, I don't feel anything. So I prayed and I gave everything to him. My dance, my everything. I closed my eyes. And he was, like, helping me move. I literally felt like I could do it. It was like he was moving me. And I opened my eyes, and it was like, I don't care who's around me. I don't care who sees me dancing. And it was literally like, I could move without even being afraid of anything. And I was just, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for this freedom that you've given me to fulfill this calling you've given me. And I was, like, so emotional after that, if you can imagine. (laughs) (laughs) I know it's short, but that's all I had. (laughs) (laughs)
1: right. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> uh, uh, <let's> see. <laughs> I wrote a lot down. I don't know how much I'm going to actually go on because I feel like it's going kind of in different directions. So, <laughs> so I kind of titled this Worship aka living under the influence of God's goodness in your life <laughs> the influence of heaven all right so i'm going to go back to south korea <laughs> whenever it was a time of um really just who had a lot of freedom before that of just being okay with being myself and um just for, it was just amazing and so when we got to Korea I started really feeling it was a different out of my comfort zone than I had ever been it was more um personal than um Bulgaria ever was um I mean it was really personal in Bulgaria and Rome but Korea there was a lot of like talking and a lot of like really praying for people and pouring into them and um And sometimes for me, like, a lot of times I get caught up in just, like, worship as um, an act or, not an act, but just, like, something you do. and um, But the fact that worship is just in everything you do, not just one action of playing or singing. And so whenever we were there, one morning I went out. It was beautiful, super easy to get lost and just everything God is and His beauty. And I came to this, like, God showed me, like, He wants to take me on a come-away moment. Um, And life is full of come-away moments with Him. It's just how willing we are to really see what He has for us and what He's inviting us into. So, um, yeah, so I wrote this down. This is a lifestyle. Worship isn't just a moment, but a continual surrender and experience of the goodness and wonder of God in life. From glory to glory, living victoriously. Um, so I got this book from Hannah and Trent for Christmas. Um, Lead Worshipper by Caleb Hires. And the more like I read it, and the more it's not just about worship. It's about just life. So uh, page 48 through 49. We say we are going from glory to glory, but most of us are just surviving until Sunday when we can get a filling. We are supposed to be salt and light. We are supposed to be his body. We are supposed to do uh, the same works Jesus did instead of simply working for the weekend. Yes, I am talking to the lead worshipers, or just, in my opinion, anybody. This is what it means to be one. You look more like Jesus the more you worship him. We become like the thing we worship. It's spiritual. It's a spiritual principle. Even those who craft idols look like them in the end. Anyone who claims to be a lead worshiper but doesn't look more and more like Jesus is looking to the face of something other than the Holy Spirit. But those who truly seek the presence of God, who look for his gaze and look, lock eyes when they find it, they will naturally look like Jesus in their everyday life. It's a beautiful side effect of staring into his face. Become like what you behold. You will always look like what you look at. Um, so kind of to backtrack after Korea, um, I started feeling very um, complacent or just like going through the motions, not really going anywhere. Like I just felt kind of just like, that was really cool, but now, now what? Like, it was a a bunch of, like, now what? Now, now what? Like, I, what, like, what experience can I experience? What thing can I, you know, do to, it was kind of, like, a pleasing God thing, and, um, uh, just, like, what can I do for you, which is not wrong, um, but it was out of a place of, like, not really grasping what I felt, and, um, about not technically being honest with myself, of like, what can I do for God? And I know that at a kind of an unhealthy place of like, um, not seeing my worth and just being me. So, um, or the fact that I lose sight of that He's always there, um, basically. So I went through this for a while until actually pretty recently, um, we were leading worship one Thursday night. And it's always different when you're up here than when you can just, like, down there because you feel like you have to be or you feel like you have to, you know, feel like you have to lead. And sometimes that's really intimidating because once you have a full day of just, you know, life and then not feeling prepared or not feeling like, like, I have nothing to bring to you. How am I supposed to, you know, help people worship whenever I feel like I'm not prepared? (laughs) So, I had an encounter (laughs) during worship. Um, We were singing, I don't even remember what song we were singing, but it got to the end close, and we were just singing, You Are Worthy. Um, (laughs) That was just a hit, You Are Worthy. It sounds super simple. Not that big of a deal, no fancy words, nothing. And the more that I sang, You are worthy, changed over the way I saw myself and viewed my situations changed. I was having what I had been longing for, a face-to-face come-away moment that crafts me an image of my creator. And so during this, I was just... (laughs) standing there, like, crying, like, (laughs) just, like, I didn't even care, I don't, I just saw him, like, in, like, his holiness, and it's really easy, like, to see him as a good father, and to see him as a good friend, because I've had really great examples of both, and I didn't really grasp his holiness, and uh, just the fact that he's good no matter what. He just is in heaven, being glorified eternally, because he's just good. That's his nature. So, um, I was <laughs> up here, and I just started like seeing it. Well, I went to sit down, and I don't even remember what happened. Like I know Teresa spoke about what we were gonna do for school and ministry, and I didn't even hear. So I'm sorry about that, but (laughs) so (laughs) I was sitting there in my seat and just like in awe of like splendor and his holiness, like something I've never grasped before, the fact that he is holy no matter what, and the fact that me recognizing his holiness and the fact that I was created like him in his likeness, um, just started like, I started seeing a picture of myself that, um. It was a lot what Jared was saying. It's just like I don't have to do anything. I like y- you were up there being glorified, and you see me the same way. You're like, no, you're you. No matter what you do, it's like he's he's still good, and he still feels the same way about me forever. He will always. So, whew, I think I got that all out. Um, so I got the book. I got this book from Ron and Teresa. For my birthday, "Friendship with God" by Bill Johnson, and it's really good because it's short, and I like short, like <laughs> to the point, and because reading is always mm, to me. But <laughs> this really helped me just like really grasp simple, simple the simpleness of God. Holiness is the f eff, eh, Holiness is the essence of His nature. It is not something He does or doesn't do. It is who He is. It is the same for us. We are holy because the nature of God is in us. It begins with a heart separated unto God and becomes evident in the Christ nature expressed through us. And I read that after. (laughs) After I had that. And that just like reaffirmed everything because I was like, I felt kind of like, oh my, like overwhelmed. And it was just simple to the point. Um, All right. So there's, I don't know if you guys know who Cody Carnes is. He's Carrie Job's husband. And he has a song called Nothing Else. And I encourage you to listen to that if you haven't. It's super good. Um, and one of the things he says in that is, more than anything you can do, I just want you. And I never listened to the song, really. I listened to it once, and I that really stuck with me. And it was like, I was at the place where I was really focused on what God could do and not really focused on who he is himself. Like, I was focused on the action of God instead of the actual, like, nature of God. Um, see, And I started asking myself, like, if life didn't go the way I wanted, would I still think he was good? Would I be okay with God? And this was before I had the encounter of His Holiness. And it was just like an answer to like, <laughs> yeah, I do believe that. I believe that I would uh, sing of your goodness because it's just who you are. Um, let's see here. <sighs> yeah. So, I saw and experienced His majesty and splendor. I am seeing the God who is worthy of all the praise I could ever bring. That's a long time. And in, in on earth, ever. Like, earthly ever and eternal. Ever bring. I can never bring Him enough because He's just so worthy. But I'm going to try my hardest. I'm going to give Him all I got. <sighs> worthy of all the praise? Yeah, I could ever bring. I just... Des- is desiring me to, yeah, so the God who is worthy of all the praise I could ever bring, is desiring me to reach out for His goodness and feast at His table. No matter what my situation looks like, His goodness is for me, er, is for my taking. (sighs) So I wrote down Psalms 23 in the Passion Translation, and this has really become recently like so amazing. Like, I've heard it so many times, there's, like, songs about it, but uh, it's really opened up, just, I don't know if it's just from that experience, but, like, his closeness and intimate relationship, that this God that created everything wants to, like, desires to spend time with me. All right, so it says, the Lord is my best friend and my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of the deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you are already have won. You remain Uh you, you remain. You chose are close to me and lead me through it all the way your authority is my strength and my peace the comfort of your love takes away my fear i'll never be lonely for you are near you become my delicious feast even when my enemies dare to fight you anoint me with the fragrance of your holy spirit you give me all i can drink of until my heart overflows so why would i fear the future For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence to be forever with you. (laughs) And, like, back to this come away moment. I started seeing it in everything it says about this blissful brook that fills you up. This, all these Like, he'll be with you in the deepest, darkest valley. Fear will never conquer you. And it's like, when you're in the place of fear and defeat, like, he wants to take you on that moment. He's, like, right there waiting for you. Like, Israel, just ask me. Just ask me. Like, I'm right here in the valley of the deepest darkness. Fear will never conquer me. Because he's right there. And then I wrote this. His words invite me on a journey, a life where he is the center my whole world turns on his glory and splendor. His thoughts flood my imagination. I see through the eye, the loving eyes of the Creator. As I dwell on all this, his never ending goodness, his desire to know me, to be with me, to go deeper into holy love, that freedom abounds. I start to live under the influence of heaven. And I just, <laughs> I don't think I can get enough of this idea of just, (laughs) just the goodness, and I, I have a, I still am, like, in the stages of, like, learning this and desiring to know more and to feel this more and to, and a lot of what the Victorious Emotions book's about is, like, calling on him and knowing where you are with him to be in the darkest valley, and he, no fear will come to you, and so, uh yeah, yeah that's all that's what i had um i think that's it yeah Jesus. Let me just come to you, God. <laughs> Let me just invite you into our hearts even deeper than before. That you would just you would just show us and remind us of how good you are. Help us to never lose sight of how close you are, God. That when we call upon your name, you do answer. You lead us besides still waters. (laughs) Even in our times of darkness or when we feel so far, you're right there. You prepare a table. (laughs) Lord, I just ask that you would just start showing everybody their worth in your holiness, God. And that (laughs) they each have a table set before them and i just ask that we would be gluttonous for your pleasures at your table god that we couldn't get enough that you would just be so close that our hearts couldn't stand to be away from you god and as we do this god i just ask that once we realize this connection and once our eyes are opened up that we would start to blur lines (laughs) blur the lines between heaven and earth god That you have called us to do (laughs) and that we would just be able to influence around us God (sighs) and I just ask that you would just just be who you are and that we would be (laughs) awakened to your holiness God. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to this message.